Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. A wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. And by Stone Bank, a community bank supporting entrepreneurs and farmers nationwide with loans guaranteed by the USDA, SBA, and Farm Services Agency. Learn more at StoneBank.com. And the Arkansas Arts Council, empowering the arts for the benefit of all Arkansans. On the web at ArkansasArts.org. Hi, folks. This is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week, we'll be hearing from four young folks who are making quite a stir in the neo-folk and bluegrass music world, the Barefoot Movement. In addition to music and interviews with this high-energy group, Mark Jones will offer an archival recording of Ozark original Brook Breeding performing the traditional tune, Tying the Leaves. And author, folklorist, and songwriter Charlie Sandage celebrates the Buffalo National River. All that and more this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. The band called Barefoot Movement can be traced back to the teen years of singer, songwriter, and fiddler Noah Wall of Oxford, North Carolina. Just as she had begun penning her first compositions, she met mandolinist Tommy Norris their senior year of high school. Convinced of their musical chemistry and driven by mutual ambition, they continued to build the band from the ground up throughout their college years. With the addition of guitarist and singer Alex Connerly of Hattiesburg, Mississippi in 2013, and most recently Katie Blomars of Frankfort, Illinois on the upright bass, the lineup was complete with all the elements that make up the barefoot sound. Let's start out this week's show with five hot tunes from the Barefoot Movement. My little darling lives so far away Down by the Carolina line When he comes down off that hill so high I let him know he's mine I walk the streets of this broken downtown And no lover do I I'm never lonely for my mountain man No city lights call my name Come on. 
really, it's it's strange. I mean, I, I was thinking about it today as we were talking to people because um, they were asking about our musical backgrounds. And, you know, I went to school for bluegrass, old time and country music, but I'm also a closet metalhead. And Katie grew up in a jazz family and, and Tommy kind of found his own way with music. And, and then Alex grew up in Mississippi, so he grew up probably on, you know, blues and, and rock and that kind of thing. So we all sort of actually come from different places, but I think when you play acoustic instruments, I think that somehow you just sort of find a way to bring all those influences together and, and make it, you know, this acoustic amalgamation of, <laughs> of, of, of sounds. And um, I think we all certainly have common music that we like, uh, but there's a lot that we teach each other too, and I, yeah. I love that. Feel so full of joy and love. I feel the touch of heaven above, even in this darkest place. I feel heaven's warm embrace, and I, I, I could touch the sky.
You know, when I was a kid, I, I think I was too cool for bluegrass. And then, and my mom kept saying, you should go to this school. You should really check it out. And eventually, I think she, she just kind of put that bug in my ear. And then sooner or later, I was like, you know, that might not be a bad idea. So um, I went there when they only had the minor in bluegrass, old time and country music. Um, I mostly studied old time string band music. I got to play. And so a big part of the program is playing in bands. And I did that with the Old Time Pride Band. I got to go to the Czech Republic with them. I got to do all kinds of wonderful things. And so it just gives you the most practical experience of playing with people. And there's the didactic courses also, stuff like American folk music and bluegrass history and all that stuff. And, you know, it was just, it was a wonderful, wonderful foundation to kind of to, to begin with, you know, for, and I met a lot of the members of this band came through that program, you know, so it's, it's, it was just, it was a really, really great experience for me. Well, I feel like bluegrass is, is a much newer um, 
genre. I mean, Bill Monroe kind of started bluegrass, you know, he, he pretty much is the father of bluegrass and that can only date to like the late thirties, you know? So he, I feel like Bill Monroe took old time and took a little bit of blues and kind of set it on overdrive, you know, uh, old time is, is much older. It's the music that came out of all of the people coming from, you know, all the immigrants coming from you know, the UK and, and Ireland mixed with the slaves coming from Africa and the instruments that they brought. Um, that fiddle banjo style, you know, is, is a 100% American thing because it came from, you know, those those two things coming together. It's early in the morning. You know, old time is less focused on uh, taking solos. I think that is something that Bill Monroe took and, and made, he made mandolin a lead instrument, uh, guitar lead, uh, all these instruments he made, he put them in the spotlight. Um, and he just, he, he brightened it up a little bit with, with the harmonies and everything and just made it slick. Um, old time really was, it was back porch music. It was music people played 
you know, to to dance to and, and to just just kind of sit around and play together. And it was really more about playing together than like each person taking a solo. So you can tell a big difference when you go to a bluegrass jam and an old time jam. Old time, they're just going to play the same tune until everybody's kind of caught on. And that's a lot of fun. Bluegrass, they're going to play a tune and look at you and say, take a break now. You know, and if you're not prepared like me, because I'm not really good at improvisation, that's a nightmare, you know, but it's really fun for like my guitar player and, and mandolin player. They're really good at it. So the, that's kind of the, the basic in a nutshell differences, I guess. been listening to the barefoot movement recorded last summer at the ozark folk center in mountain view arkansas in that set we heard three of their original songs my little darling touch the sky every little thing and then early in the morning and a little bit of bowling green let's take a short break after which i think i'll head down to the vault for a visit with my old buddy mark jones you're listening to ozark highlands radio Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. On my way in today, I ran into Mark Jones. He uncharacteristically was up out of the vault, uh, taking a little fresh air, and uh, I asked him if he could find me a recording of a lady I remember from years ago here at the Folk Center, Brooke Breeding. Let's, let's go down and see if he's dug anything up for me. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm good, Mark. Remember I asked you earlier about finding a... A recording of Brook Breeding. Did you find anything? I sure did. Oh, boy. 
Yeah, and this was when uh, she was here. Her dad was the MC, Joel Brady. Joel, yep. And uh, Brooke just does such a wonderful job on this one song. It's a song that my dad used to sing years and years ago. Really? Your dad being Grandpa Jones, huh? Yeah. Actually, Dave, I think this song was written during the days around the Civil War, and uh, that's where Dad heard it. Uh, but it it was really nice. It's called Tying the Leaves. Okay, let's listen. Playmates were they, girl and lad. She's gone today, lad feels sad. Doctor who comes, whispers low When the last autumn leaves fall then she must go Lad with a tear climbs a tree I'll keep her here, murmurs he Big man in blue sternly cries What are you doing up there, lad replies I'm tying the leaves so they won't fall down So the wind won't blow them away For the best little girl in this wide, wide world Is lying so ill today Her young life must go when the last leaves fall I'm fixing it fast so they'll stay I'm tying the leaves so they won't fall down So Nellie won't go away Mother grieves day by day Watching the leaves Hears a voice say You must not cry for you see I've tied all the leaves fast upon the tree Doctor brings joy one sad day Mother tells boy Nell will stay Lad by girl's side shouts with glee That's what I said one day up in the tree I'm tying the leaves so they won't fall down So the wind won't blow them away For the best little girl in this wide, wide world Is lying so ill today A young life must go when the last leaves fall, I'm fixing it fast so they'll stay. I'm tying the leaves so they won't fall down, so Nellie won't go away. Ah, that's that's Brooke Breeding, all right. She's got that great alto voice. She's a fine singer. She is. She sure is. And the song is is uh, it's a good song. It, it sure has true strong meaning yep. in the words. So Nellie won't go away. So Nellie <laughs> will stick around. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, Mark. I'll see you next week. All right. 
It's now been seven years since the barefoot movement took off their shoes and took to the stage. Hard work and talent have taken them from the east coast to west, from north to south, even across the Atlantic Ocean. They've been selected as showcase artists at both the International Bluegrass Music Association and the Americana Festival conferences, and were first runners-up at the 2013 Telluride Bluegrass Festival's new band competition. Here are some more original songs from the Barefoot Movement. Well, yeah, I look at it as three different things that we do. We, we have our originals, which I would say is the majority. We do traditional songs, mostly old-time stuff. Uh, there is some bluegrass, in, you know, especially, you know, in the original songs. We do play solos and things, so you can, you can kind of feel that bluegrass influence. And then we love to do covers. So covers are just contemporary songs that, that we like. I mean, as I said earlier, we, we all love... Uh, so many different styles of music, so it, it's, it might be confusing to some people, you know, that we go from one thing to, to another, but I think that when you play it all acoustic, it, it sort of is all married together in a really nice way, but, um, so anyway, yeah, we, we do all, all three of those kind of songs.
<laughs> I still ever, you know, I sometimes I just can't decide wh who I'm going to be each day. So sometimes <laughs> I'll still wake up and decide today's a, a black wearing day. I wore my Metallica t-shirt yesterday. Today I'm in kind of my old time gear. You know, I grew up on classic rock for sure. Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. I love Ozzy Osbourne. But then I, one of my favorite bands is a band probably no one's heard of called Typo Negative, who were a goth metal band from the 90s. Absolutely adore them. Never got to see them live. Um, love them. But, you know, that's I, pretty much if it was rock and made in the 60s or 70s or some 80s, I was into it. Also, my, my first favorite band was Pearl Jam. I was in their fan club when I was four. Uh, the first song I ever sang was Tom Petty's Free Fallen as a one-year-old. Um, so, you know, that, that is definitely very close to my heart. Um, but yet I'm a fiddle player and I really love old time music too. So I just don't really know where I'm fitting in these days. <laughs>
You know, there's there's bands like you know the Hackensaw Boys. I don't know. They're they're kind of a an old time band, but they're like super energetic. And and there's kind of a similar feeling when I go to one of their shows. And I feel like in some of our music, to where it just kind of makes you want to dance around and and uh, without really just kind of let loose, you know? And I, I think that is a big part of it. I mean, people that get out and, and clog or or go to these shows, they just want to, you know, not think about anything for a while. And that's, for a lot of people, I think that's what rock music is, is just, it, it's so loud, it just blasts all your thoughts away and you just are there and you're energized and, and you, you do, you get energy from it. And I, I know that that's the same thing with, with high, you know, high energy fiddle tunes. Mississippi Moon, won't you hear my tune? I got no one to share these blues. Blue bird in the sky, can you fly nearby with a sweet song that I can use? I won't be worried while I'm sitting alone, taking my time, singing my song with this lovely Mississippi blues. Every time she leaves, it's the same old scene, only her love would ever do. Jackson to blow to Biloxi Coast There's a warm wind to get me through I don't want me word cause I'm carrying on Taking my time, singing my song With these lovely Mississippi blues Won't you listen to oh, Mississippi blues Lonely Mississippi blues Oh, Mississippi blues Lonely Mississippi blues your trees and a few good strings keep a hurt heart from getting cold by the riverside i can feel all right and someday she'll be coming home but i won't be worried cause i'm moving along taking my time singing my song with this lovely mississippi blues singing with the now oh mississippi blues lonely mississippi blues Blues, 
Nashville, Tennessee-based The Barefoot Movement, playing Rocky Island Tea, Anywhere I Plant My Feet, Noah Wall's moving song about a nurse in the Vietnam War, Martha's Song, and the lonely Mississippi blues. When we return, our old friend Charlie Sandage will continue his profile about the gem of the Ozarks, the Buffalo National River. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Our friend Charlie Sandage is a musician, songwriter, and a dedicated student of folk music history. Here's Charlie. A little earlier in our series celebrating the 50th anniversary of the creation of the Buffalo National River, a national park located in the Arkansas Ozarks, we talked about the native wildlife along the park corridor. Now it's time to talk about another kind of creature, the human ones, who have lived here and who are still here. We'll begin with what we have about the earliest known habitation. Suica Rivette is a Buffalo National River archaeologist. Yeah, we've had a use of the Buffalo National River area for probably ten to 12,000 years. We do have good archaeological evidence going back to at least 10,000 years. Given that artifacts of all kinds were easy to find in bluff shelters and cave openings throughout the Ozarks, folks once talked about cave dwellers here. But this area never had the kind of civilizations that might call to mind, such as the Anasazi of the southwest U.S. It's difficult to put a name to those who lived in this region before European contact, but archaeological evidence tells us that their use of Ozark caves and bluff shelters came regularly but periodically while people were moving through hunting and gathering. Most of the use of this area of the park was hunting parties from the Osage or people who came before the Osage. Here in the Ozarks, we're looking mainly at stuff that seasonal usage of sites, nothing uh, structured, nothing long-term, but we did have a lot of use of the bluff shelters, but it wouldn't have been uh, a year-round usage. The Caddo were known to have lived in Arkansas far back into prehistoric times, and some of them ranged into the Ozarks. But by the time Europeans pushed into the region in any significant numbers, the Osage were dominant. We have historic knowledge of the Osage being in the area, but they would have hunting parties that would come into the area and would utilize the bluff shelters in the park. Once the United States acquired the region from the French, a steady westward push of settlement 
sent eastern Native Americans looking toward this territory. Some Cherokee reached northeast Arkansas in the late 1700s, and they probed deeper into the Ozarks. In 1817, the U.S. began encouraging more Cherokee, many Shawnee, and others such as Delaware, Kickapoo, and Wea into the region. One intended result was to move the more troublesome Osage toward the west. By the time of the so-called Trail of Tears era, all of these groups and others had left traces of themselves across these hills. Swiga Rivet. One of the most telling finds within some of our blush shelters will find what are called periwinkle, periwinkle shells, uh, winkle shells. And if you find those, you know that you've you know, somebody has had to move those from the river or from a stream up into the blush shelter. So you can find those, and there, there's a lot of blush shelters with those in them. They would cook them and utilize them. They could cook them and eat them and also cook them for uh, to make dyes with. They'll have lots of caches. Uh, there's one site here, uh, the um, Cobb Cave, where people even... Today, you can go into the Cobb Cave and every once in a while people will pick up um, corn cobs, which were in a cache there. They would cache there quite a bit. Uh, so, you know, they create a little hole in the ground and hold those in there. As uh, one, one archaeologist put it, the, the hole of the, of the buffalo uh, is a, a lithic scatter. Basically, when, when they go to make their stone tools, whether it be a spearhead or an um, axe head or something like that, they in whittling down that original stone, they leave these little chips of stones everywhere. There's no segment of the, of the park where we don't find at least that. A fairly recent cultural affiliation study identified eight Native American entities with whom the park established formal agreements to keep them informed and to consult with them about operations in the park that might affect their interests. But the Buffalo National River's archaeology stories don't end with the era of Native Americans. As they were moved to the West, families that would foster what would come to be called the Ozark traditional culture filtered in, many of them bringing Appalachian folkways with them. Suica. My title is archaeologist, but I do deal with any cultural resource in the park is my domain, and I'm, I'm supposed to protect it as best as possible. Uh, one of our largest, mostly cultural areas is Boxley, Boxley Valley, and it's it's really unique because it's on the National Register of Historic Places, all of the Boxley Valley. Contrary to what most of us might think, being on the National Register doesn't necessarily freeze a site into a designated moment in time. But when we formulated our plan in the 80s for how we wanted the Boxley Valley to um, live and continue, uh, we allowed for for newer uses of it. Basically, so it was it was always this uh, agricultural valley where small families, you know, multi generational families would live, would farm, would would keep animals, and instead of trying to lock it in to keep it identical to the way that it that it was um, in the seventies when it made it onto the National Register. This, the effort is to try and keep it um, developing. We can have new technologies down there, but trying to allow for modernization while still keeping it a scenic agricultural area. 
The Boxley Valley was the first site within the National Park Service to be designated as a cultural landscape. A cultural landscape would account for where buildings are, but also how um, how those buildings fall within the landscape, um, where you know the water sources are, just where transportation goes through, like where the highway goes through Boxley Valley. It really takes the entire snapshot of the valley. So instead of focusing on a single building being an important component or being important for the National Register, this looks, takes the whole valley and takes the whole feeling and appearance and quality of the valley and, and talks about all of it being important and putting all of it onto the National Register. Other settler-era sites include the Collier Homestead. Collier Homestead is one of the, the last um, Homestead Act sites that was designated in all of Arkansas. And that's in our middle district, just um, as you go into Tyler Bend. The Parker-Hickman site is another that has recently been designated as a cultural landscape, and the list does not end there. All in all, Suica Rivette's job, like most of the others who work or volunteer at the Buffalo National River, is to protect the river and welcome visitors now and for years to come. The Buffalo Buffalo Flowing through the shoals and bluffs of heaven, heaven knows She's ours to keep or just let go Will our children's children want to go Down the buffalo Thanks, Charlie. Let's finish up this week's show with a few more tunes by the Barefoot Movement. In case you're wondering, they're sure enough barefoot on stage and work flawlessly around a single microphone that adds to the old-time feel of their music. Spinning round in circles 
It really just comes down to being able to have the normal, as normal of lives as we could um, while still doing what we're doing. You know, I, I want a family one day, and I'm sure we all do, and, and it's, it is just kind of a question of whether we can make that make sense with the lifestyle that we have. Um, I think that no matter what, we're going to keep playing music. It just may not be as full-time forever. You know, I'm, I'm not speculating. I, I still have plenty of years left in me to keep trying, but um, I can't complain. You know, we've done, we've, we've lived our lives. We, you know, we've played music for a living. That's all we do. And, um, but, you know, it, it, at some point it has to line up with, you know, the futures that we want, which really just comes down to having families and, and stuff, you know, but, you know, as far as, musical goals. I mean, we, we want to reach as many people as we can. I really feel like my goal as a musician and as a person is that, you know, we don't, we don't really get political. We want people to come to our shows and be able to feel connected with each other, no matter where they come from or no matter what, you know, background they have, because there are certain things that everyone shares these common bonds and, and that's what I want to bring to people's lives. So, the more people we can do that for, the better. Round, round, get around. I get around. Get around, move around. I get around. Get around, round, round. 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 I get around. I'm getting booked, jumping up and down the same old trip. I gotta find a new place where the kids are hip.
You've been listening to Noah Wall, Tommy Norris, Alex Connerly, and Katie Blomars of the band Barefoot Movement. In that set, they played an original song, Circle, and then a crazy mashup of the Beach Boys' I Get Around and Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train. Thanks a lot for listening to our show this week. Be sure and listen in next week for more music that you never get to hear on the radio. I'm Dave Smith. I'll see you next week. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from the Committee of 100, proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. Arkansas State Parks, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. And by Stone Bank, with deep roots in Mountain View and a deep respect for those who preserve our heritage. More information about what it means to bank Boulder is at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.